Hello, Internet. Hi, Internet. What's up, guys? Hi, my name is Grace Helbig. If you did not know, now you know. Your life is different now. When most of us watch YouTube, we don't give much thought to who the video creators are. They're just kids making videos. And of course, many are that. They're hobbyists. But many are actually entrepreneurs making a living online. We might not think of that girl doing makeup tips as operating a small business, but she is. So I'm going to show you a few techniques that I like to do to make this look very, like, Bam, like really awesome. And it's not just YouTubers, it's bloggers, musicians, fan fiction artists, developers. There are more and more of these creator slash entrepreneurs. These creators spend a lot of time not creating. They have to deal with spreadsheets and meetings and schedules. Lots of them have employees they manage. They have contractors and collaborators and partners. They make projections and maintain savings. They buy insurance and have lawyers and they need a basic understanding of copyright law. These folks work a lot. If you're putting out a video every day or even every week, that is not easy. Many of them supplement their income by doing things like workshops, presentations, freelance work, or selling merchandise. It can be a struggle to stay afloat. It is very competitive online. They pay for their homes, raise their children, pay taxes, and buy medical insurance with the revenue they generate online. Overall, it's not quite as fun as it looks, but I think most who live this life couldn't imagine doing anything else. You get to create and to serve a global audience and you can learn and grow endlessly. It's the kind of life that just wasn't possible until we entered this new era of the digital economy, where $8 trillion is transacted every year. Peter Hollins is a creator slash entrepreneur who has fared especially well. He has millions of fans online where he does acapella covers. Everything you're about to hear is made by the human voice and mouth. And some claps. But he doesn't just record songs, he makes videos for each of them as well. He had 25 videos in production when we met, he has 7 employees and 20-some contractors, and he and his team are extremely attentive to their community, and they spend lots of time in communication with fans. I sat down with Peter at his office in the small Oregon city where he went to college, which is just a few hours from where he grew up. I met his wife, who he often teams up with for duets that drive his fans crazy, and I even met his infant son, who's already making cameos in his videos. Peter Hollins, welcome to the show. I'm pleased to be here. So for those who don't know, how would you describe yourself? I'm a content creator, I'm a businessman, I'm an educator, but I mean, most people just see me as a cover artist on YouTube. When did you start doing what you were doing and how did you find it? I started in January of 2011. I had the impetus to begin after being on the sing-off on NBC, which was kind of like the American idol of acapella. And I started flirting with YouTube, you know, 10, 15 hours a week, creating content once in a while. And I ended up going full-time about May of 2012. And were you working a day job at the time? Or? So the last time I was doing a quote-unquote day job was when I walked out of making uh, pasta as a pasta boy in <laughs> probably about 2005. Okay. And I just promised myself that every dollar I made from then on, I'd, it would be in music. Wow. What online platforms do you use? I use all online platforms. <laughs> Every single any, one? Any place that there is attention to be had, I am there to try to grab it. Um, okay. but, but honestly, this is 2017, so the pillars of, of, uh, of content that I release, I predominantly put on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram in that order as far as importance. Are there any like emerging technologies or platforms that like you're not 
necessarily doing yet, but you see them and you think like, hmm, that looks interesting. Absolutely. I mean, like right now in my social media folder on my phone, I have like multiple, um, multiple cubes and, and like, <laughs> you know, in the first page are all the things that got, had my attention. And the second page are things that like have my attention kind of that I keep track of. And then later on, it's like things that are coming up and right off the bat, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm a big fan of Marco Polo because one of the main engineers lives in Eugene. And so we talk a lot together. Oh, cool. And obviously Patreon, which is the yeah. site that I'm gaga for. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube, Facebook. And then lots of the other things that I'm keeping my eye on all the time, like musically lively there's really an unlimited amount of platforms that are that are that are picking up like house party is another really good one to keep your eye on Mm -hmm. but basically if people want to be right on the edge of what's happening it's really good to kind of keep track of like the top 100 top 50 top 10 list of downloaded apps like on social media right i like being an early adopter yeah I, i do you find that 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 that's important being in there early and building the audience early well, absolutely. I mean, if you start becoming one of the 1% of 1%ers on a new platform, your ability to then cross-pollinate to all the other platforms um, is 100x. And so yeah. even if you were really late to the party on YouTube, but you became one of the biggest musically artists with millions of followers, your ability to then take that attention and move it elsewhere or provide value to other collaborators is greatly enhanced so that your value proposition as a collaborator to other artists is infinitely better and so i tell everybody to pay attention to the new platforms coming out because the next platform is going to come up and they're going to get to 100 million active users in in months instead of years like it has been in the past so how like if you consider yourself a pie chart like how much of you is musician how much of you is marketer how much of you is businessman so if I go back to when I was doing everything myself and do, was doing the 15 to 18 hour work days, seven days a week, like a crazy man. Wow. Um, I was doing music five to 10% of the time. Really? I would truthfully say that over 50% of my time was spent as a community manager. Interesting. So in everything that incorporates that, right? Right. Social media, email, basically giving a white glove treatment to anyone and everyone that engages with me on any platform. I truly believe that in the end, it's not about the amount of people that follow you, but how deep those relationships are. Because you really only need 500 to 1,000 people that really are your evangelist to make a living doing what you love now. Here's my product. It's a music video. But really what I am is, is this brand that really cares so deeply about the people that follow me. And so I want to find out about each and every single one of them. And now that it's to the point where I can't do that with everyone just because of the sheer amount of numbers, then it's my job as the CEO and boss of Peter Holland's The Influencer to make sure that the voice and the passion mm-hmm. is, 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 is presented in every single communication that comes from my brand. Right. And I still spend, even in 2017 right now, probably pretty similar amounts of percentages of time. It's just now it's just not all me. So, wow. So it's a lot of not music. Yeah. And honestly, part of the education platform that I'm building and what I'm really teaching people is that if you are going to be a successful artist now, that you need to be able to do everything, wear all hats. And one of the most important parts of being an artist in 2017 is knowing that being the artist is only a fraction of of what it really takes now. Yeah, yeah. How important is the DMCA and its safe harbor provisions to your work? I believe the DMCA is vital to uh, the success of 
my career and what I've established. I think if it didn't exist, I don't believe I'd be able to have built my career on YouTube. Um, the platform would have been taken down years and years ago, right? Probably during the Viacom lawsuit. You mentioned like sometimes things will be hot. So there's a measure of like, I love this and I want to do this. And so on one hand, you've got that. I love this and I want to do this. And then you've got, this might be hot and it might get views, right? Like like we're all trying to get views, right? We're trying to marry, we're trying to overlap our interests with the interests of the culture at large. How do you, how do you work that balancing act? You know, uh, the balancing act between doing things for yourself and for kind of refilling your mana level, if you're a dork yes. gamer like me, <laughs> uh, and doing something that you're passionate for, I think that's something that you have to be very um, aware and have self-awareness of where you're at. Um, I definitely balance the two by hopefully most of the content I make being a little bit of both. Um, and thus, I usually ask uh, my my community specifically of what they want and I have just spreadsheets of thousands and thousands of votes and I go through those um, requests and I pick things that usually touch on both things right things things that fall under fandoms things that I know I can slay vocally because it falls into a specific genre that I can do well um, but if it's a if it's a hot-button topic uh, and I'm really specifically trying to go for a growth spurt sure Technically, I don't feel like I've been in that uh, mode for a few years now, truthfully, um, only because I've kind of doubled down on my core audience and really trying to provide value to those supporters that are already in my yeah. fan funnel, which is not a nice way of putting it. But I choose the content uh, that I create given on how I feel and how the growth and metrics look to me at the given time. So it's, it's constantly changing. If you're a new creator, you should be constantly focusing on growth. If you've written the best song in the world and it's like the best original song and you sang it the best possible and everyone in the world should hear it because it's the best, but no one's there listening, nothing matters. Yeah. I believe in the perspective of growing your audience space, creating the community, and then slightly pivoting towards things that are more along the lines of what you believe and what you love and what your story is. Because if you do it the other way around, it's almost impossible now. There's just too much saturation in the marketplace and you aren't going to succeed. I think not doing something you love, you're not going to succeed no matter what. But that mo more, more so falls into the conversation of what is success and are you doing this for money and fame? And if you are, then like you're not going to succeed and you're not making art. You're just making crap. And that's kind of the new age that we live in. It's like find something that already has millions of fans. Be a fan yourself do something that you love and put your artistry and your personality in that work. And I feel like that's kind of what it is to be a digital content creator now. Awesome. Peter Hollins. Yeah, that was fantastic. Well, thanks for that's having amazing. me. Peter Hollins, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time on Copy This. <laughs>